As the summer holidays end, it is interesting to note that 40% of people don't take 11 or more days of their annual leave quota. Good workers? Well, not really. A 2015 study showed that employees that take all of their annual leave improve their promotion chances and their chances of a pay rise by 6.5%. Happy workers are the best workers. My name is Stephen Norton and you are very welcome to the Good Boss, Bad Boss podcast episode 8. Thank you for joining us as we explore the good, the bad and the ugly behaviour of bosses. This podcast seeks to entertain, educate and hopefully change some behaviour to make working life better for all. My guest in this episode is Aoife O'Brien. She's an organisational behaviour specialist and a business coach with a good story to tell. In this episode, we take a deep dive into the beast that is imposter syndrome and the perils of handling promotions badly. What is imposter syndrome? Well, keep listening and you'll find out. Hello, Aoife O'Brien. You're very welcome to the Good Boss, Bad Boss podcast. Thanks so much, Stephen. It's great to be here. It's the it's the first episode of the new season. Oh, I'm uh, privileged. Is, yes, I know. Yeah. Well, you find <laughs> brilliant people over the summer. That's the way it goes. Brilliant. Um, I need to tell people a little bit about how we connected. Yeah. So uh, we were we were connected through a mutual friend friend over the summer, and she said, "I think you two need to talk. You kind of got uh, similar interests and similar ways of of looking at the world." And it was actually about podcasting. Yeah. Because you have just released your first episode of your new podcast, Happier at Work. I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. And and what's that all about? What's Happier at Work about? Um, I suppose it's really encouraging people to be happier at work, that there is a better way, that you don't have to stay in a job that you don't like. And, you know, it's whether you change your job or, or you reframe how you think, it's really about, you know, being happier at work. Because happy, being happier at work means that you're more productive and it improves your well-being, your general well-being and the rest of your life as well. Yeah, it's such a big part of that's that's why I started this podcast is work is a massive part of our lives. Yeah. You know, we spend a huge amount of time somewhere between 35 to 60 hours a week exactly. possibly in work. Yeah. So it's a massive part of your life. So so we're on the same journey, which exactly. is great. Yes. But then we got talking a little bit more and I thought, yeah, this is definitely somebody I want to get on the podcast because you you've you've kind of had this interesting story of 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 how you get a get around the world and and get around uh you know your your own career yeah and uh who you've ended up talking to along the way and uh, you ended up on national radio as well I talking about did yes yeah imposter syndrome so i've recently become known as the imposter lady which is doesn't mean <laughs> i'm an imposter um but it's really um shedding light on imposter syndrome what it is um it was all by chance really i was asked to contribute to an article in the irish times a few months ago sort of forgot a little bit about it then it came out in may and you know lots of got lots of attention and i was asked to do a talk then on imposter syndrome and i've contributed to articles i've been interviewed with her.ie i was on 2fm there a couple of weeks ago speaking yeah. about imposter syndrome just again by chance someone they were doing an interview with the uh, author andrea mara and um someone happened to text me and say oh they're talking about imposter syndrome you should text in so yeah. i did and they took me on air to talk about how to overcome imposter syndrome and who were you on air with it was um jennifer zamparelli very good yeah on, so it was a 2fm thing 2FM, yeah, yes, very good. yeah and for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is can you enlighten us it's really that feeling of 
you're going to be found out that you're a fraud that you the people are gonna realize that you're actually not up to the job and oh my god that's how I feel every day (laughs) (laughs) that's how a lot of people feel and I suppose it's shedding the light on that and it's it's different to just normal self-doubt I think everyone experiences self-doubt to some extent and doubting your own abilities but it's more that whole thing of I'm gonna get found out yeah, that they're going to catch me out on, you know, I shouldn't have been hired or I shouldn't have been promoted or, you know, they're going to find me out in some way. And that's really the difference between regular self-doubt and feeling like an imposter. Does it affect everybody? Do they find it or is it certain this, kind of types the, of people? The statistics say that it affects 70 percent of people at some stage in their career. So it's a really, really high number. Yeah. And you might think like, oh, once I reach a certain level of, a, of success, I won't feel like that anymore. But yes. actually, that's not the case. That if you feel like that, that you're going to continue to feel like that. Yeah. Dis- you know, despite this quote unquote success that you achieve. And people who you would associate great success with, like David Tennant came forward and said that he still suffers from imposter syndrome. He's the waiting. Actor. The actor. Doctor Who. Doctor Who, the famous actor waiting for that knock on the door to say, thanks, David, you know, you're all good, but we're going to leave it to the experts now. You know, (laughs) so people like that. And Michelle Obama has been referenced as saying it like, why do people want to speak to me? I'm just Michelle Obama, you know. Yeah. So it doesn't it's not that thing like when I reach a certain level of success and it's going to go away. Yes. It's just something that's inherent inside us. So we need to find ways to, to kind of overcome it. And what are those ways? You know, is there is there a quick handy pill that you take? <laughs> really, I the approach I take is ABC because it's easy to remember. So this is something I came up with myself. Okay. And the A stands for acknowledge. So acknowledge it for what it is. Okay. That It's that voice in your head telling you that you're not good enough or you're mm-hmm. going to get found out. And it's just a voice. It's not you saying that. It's just this voice in yeah. your head that's kind of saying, oh, you know, that you're not good enough or you're going to get found out. And then the B is for believe in yourself. And that's really, you know, having that self-belief. And if you have trouble finding that self-belief, you can ask for feedback from a trusted friend. You can ask for constructive feedback from a boss. You don't have to say, oh, you know, I'm suffering from imposter syndrome, but you can just ask for some constructive feedback. What is it that I'm doing well? Yes. Um, And then the C is the call to action. So oftentimes when we feel imposter syndrome, we hold ourselves back. So we don't speak up in meetings or we procrastinate about doing something, putting ourselves out there, or we're really striving for perfection before we release something into the world because let's face it, we're going to be judged. So call to action then is just taking that next next action step, even if it's a small step, just stepping forward. And then you can learn from any mistakes that you make. Um, I say that there's no such thing as failure, that it's all about degrees of success. So you learn from everything that you do. Yeah. And, you know, you make a little bit of progress. And, and that's, Good. That's ABC. ABC. Simple to remember. Exactly. And how would you recognize imposter syndrome if you're, as you say, everybody feels a bit of self-doubt. Yeah. But moving it into a syndrome category, and it's probably not a syndrome, but, you know, they, they call it a syndrome. Exactly. It's called syndrome, but, I, I, yeah, it's not really a medical thing <laughs> yeah, as such. Yeah. It's more, yeah, psychobabble that someone has come yes, up with yeah. is calling it a syndrome. So, really, the difference is that it's going back to that idea of um, I'm going to be found out. Yeah. I'm a fraud. I'm an imposter. Yeah. They're going to find me out. And that's the difference between I don't know if I can do this and I'm going to be found out because... I, I can't do this. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. That's the really the difference. And I suppose recognizing it from the outside is really difficult because people 
aren't, are kind of ashamed of it. They're mm. not necessarily going to come forward and say, yeah, yeah, hands up, I have imposter syndrome. So recognizing it from the outside is pretty difficult, but you need mm. to be aware of it in the workplace that people might feel this way. And the way to sort of, I suppose, nip it in the bud is to provide constant feedback and to tell people what they're doing really well, to tell people why they were promoted, to remind people yes. why they were hired in the first place. All of these kind of things will really help. Do you think, though, one of the big challenges is that it's the, the permission to show a bit of vulnerability? Because, I mean, if, I, if I'm if i promoted and I say, geez, I, 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 I'm not sure I'm up for this job. Well, people might start going, oh, God, he said he's not up for the job. Maybe he isn't. So, <laughs> you know, showing that vulnerability, what 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 needs to happen to be able to show yeah, that vulnerability? Do you know what? It's really, really tough. And I think we're making strides towards getting there okay. with Brene Brown being, you know, much yeah. more popular now than she was previously. And this whole thing of showing vulnerability, you don't have to tell everyone. I yes, don't think yeah. I'm up for the job. You can have a conversation you know, with a trusted friend, it doesn't have to be with your boss. You can have it with someone who's not in in your work situation. So it doesn't have to yeah. expose you in a work situation, I suppose. Um, and like with your boss, you don't have to say, I don't think I'm up for the job. But you might ask for some feedback and say, listen, um, I'm really delighted that I've got this opportunity. Can you explain a little bit more about what I did well in the interview or yeah. why I was chosen specifically for this position? And they can kind of reiterate, well, what are all your your key strengths? Because oftentimes we forget what our strengths are. Or if it's a natural ability, we kind of take for granted and think that everyone can do the same things that we can. So I think feedback, go for feedback. I'm a feedback junkie. I always look for feedback. But I I know it's kind of become a habit now rather than, you know, it's it's not easy. The first few times you actually ask for proper feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not all good. Yeah. Well, you have to be (laughs) willing to take it. Take the hit. And yeah, you have to be willing to take it. And and I suppose bearing in mind feedback is one person's opinion. Yes. It's one person's opinion. And so bear that in mind. But also people need to be trained in how to deliver proper feedback because yeah. oftentimes the feedback that you get it's not constructive no. you know it's like oh that wasn't good like okay so yeah. what about it wasn't good and what can I do differently next time to make it better yes, yeah. you know so really understanding how to how to deliver proper feedback and oftentimes in the workplace that's not really trained and people don't really know no. how to do it properly I or, or, or one of the things I think it's trained too late you know people get promoted they operate as a leader for a few years and then somebody says, I think we'll do a leadership course with you. Uh, <laughs> sounds familiar. Yeah, they've been they've been shooting that gun for ages. So yeah. you might you might have showed them how to aim at first. Yeah, yeah. Would have been better. Yeah. You know, I, I think that we, we tend to do things um arse ways, I think is the word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that's and, a technical and, term. <laughs> yeah, the technical term. But you know that, that that we we train our leaders after we've appointed them as leaders rather than before. You know, yes. we should identify leaders first, train them yeah. and then have them absolutely out of the box ready once they become the leader well that's it i mean that goes back to training but also delivering feedback is not the job of the boss like anyone should be able to give feedback yes yeah and even people who are being managed should be able to deliver feedback to their boss it's a it's a two-way street you know so um i think every single person in the workplace needs to be able to deliver feedback different people need different levels of feedback and different people I suppose, receive feedback in different ways. So yeah. I've worked with people and they just, they kind of pretty much avoided feedback and they didn't yes, want to take yeah. anything on board. And they said, I am the way I am and yes, that's yeah. it. And I'm not going to change. Well, you if know? you don't hear it, there's no problem. 
Well, <laughs> that's true, yeah. yeah so that, that, that's, that's the way <laughs> they're going. You don't have a problem. It. Maybe yeah. everyone else does, but you certainly don't. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, and do you, do you have any uh, places that people could go and maybe any TED Talks that they could uh, listen to or look at a bit more about imposter syndrome Is yeah absolutely yeah um you can head over to my youtube channel so i have Brilliant. a video on there and you'll find that at um user ifa ob1 so i'm not sure why it's coming up as user rather than channel but that's yeah. that's how it is for now so i have a video there on imposter syndrome and um i also have on my uh, facebook page which is empowerment coaching i have uh, a couple of the audio the radio interviews that I did about Brilliant. imposter syndrome as well so if people want to listen there they are saved there great stuff we'll definitely have a listen to that so okay we, we got stuck into imposter syndrome <laughs> there which I, I, I didn't anticipate happening but that's all good that's uh, who the hell are you <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and yeah. uh, your own your own cr- career trajectory how, how did you get here yeah um I suppose it's kind of a roundabout way I I sort of realized when I was 27 that no one was going to grab me by the hand and bring me over to London which is what I had always wanted to do and so I made the decision myself to move to London and when I told my friends they said wow London it's about time you've been talking about that for years yeah and it made me realize I assumed what had you been doing what, what I doing? in in Dublin I've been working as a category developer so uh, for InBev at the time which was um, Stella Artois, Bex, Tenants, Star Opram and all the great beers so right. I was going around from you know the different Dunn stores the different Tesco's and dealing with the managers there to try and get more space and to increase sales oh, of our okay, beers yes, yeah, yeah. Um, using insights that we had about how well the beers were selling generally. Um, so it was a really interesting In my job. 20s, I did a huge amount of work with beer too. <laughs> Different kind of work, Stephen, I think. Yeah. Dare I suggest. <laughs> um, so that's what I was doing. But but my friends, they, you know, and the assumption I had was that everyone wanted the same things that I did. And I really wanted to live in London. So I went and I lived in London with the intention of staying there for a year. What to- was the draw? I don't know. Growing up, reading novels based in yeah. London. Um, I had family in London, so my aunt lived in London and I visited there as a kid. It was just, I suppose, the big city. Yeah. It was just the yeah. draw of the big city. Um, I have the same feeling about New York. I haven't lived in New York yet, but that's on the list as well. Um, it was just, yeah. And, and I think, like, looking back when I lived there, I remember just waking up every day thinking, I live in London. This, like, life is amazing. I live in yeah. London. I remember taking the tube and so many people complaining, oh, it's stinky and it's <laughs> hot and it's, oh, you don't get a seat. And I just was so happy to live in London and be yeah. getting the tube that I I, <laughs> I yeah. loved it. I just absolutely loved it. Um, so I worked there and it, it kind of continuing the, the journey I had in Dublin. So I was working more on the insights side of things. So I was analyzing data of right. shopper behavior in supermarkets uh, in okay. the UK. So it's been interesting, really interesting working with clients and dealing with clients, going on site to visit clients, delivering presentations, analyzing What were the data. big things you learned when you were analyzing the data, like about how people shop? That's interesting. Um, that if you buy stuff on promotion, that it takes you out of the market for a while. And just because oh, really? you buy a promotion doesn't mean you're going to buy that brand again. So you'll stock oh, up okay. when things are on promotion and then you'll, Oh, you're yeah. kind of waiting for the next promotion. You're kind of going, yeah. ah, great, well, I've done my... It's done not my... even waiting for the next promotion, but like if you buy two or three things at a time because it's on promotion, you're not coming back to shopping yes. that category you're, again. You've bulk bought. You've bulk bought and yeah. you're not necessarily... And then when you come back to shopping the category again, 
um, maybe you don't remember the price, maybe you do, but it's not likely that you're necessarily going to buy what you bought the last time. Uh, you know okay. so things like that so it that. doesn't build any yeah, brand loyalty yeah. necessarily exactly yeah and loyal brand loyalty is actually very low people think it's high like i mean i still think of the there's certain brands that i will buy that i won't buy any other yeah. brands and i'll go back and i'll specifically buy those yeah. but over the course of a lifetime those things might change so yeah. trying to build that brand loyalty is really really difficult yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating psychology of, yeah. of, of consumer behavior. Yeah. That's Brilliant. It. So you're in London, you were doing all this data London, analysis. Yeah. yeah, planned to stay there for a year and I ended up staying for three and a half years because I just loved it so much. Absolutely yeah. loved it. And the only reason I left was to apply for my visa. So at that time you had to apply for your holiday visa in Australia before you turned thirty. So okay. uh, I applied for my visa and then I traveled in Asia for six you months. You might have to apply for a holiday visa for London soon. <laughs> oh gosh, don't even go there. <laughs> um, so I traveled in Asia for six months and then landed in Perth and I worked in Perth then for six months. So West Coast. West Coast, yeah. So not, not, the, not the normal place that people usually do, the East no, Coast, Sydney. No. And I hadn't planned to stay in Perth. I had planned to kind of land there and head off um, and travel around the West Coast. But yeah. I was I was just delighted to get somewhere, to unpack my bag, to have a drawer for my clothes, right. to not have to be living out of a, a bag for, you know, I, I had, had just you, done it. Had you hit Asia, Southeast Asia before? Uh, yeah, you got to so I did yeah, six so months around yeah, yeah. Southeast Asia yeah. and then I landed in, in Perth. Um, but I had friends there and I had another friend who had gone on ahead of me who was doing the visa as well. So she had a job lined up and she had friends and all that kind of thing. So I got a job um, which was very different to what I'd done before. It was working, recruiting contractors to go and work in the mines in Western Australia, okay. which at the time was absolutely booming. And yeah. something very different than I'd ever done before, but something I really, really got into, really, really enjoyed. It was very process driven, but you were dealing with people all the time as well. Yeah. Like just recruiting loads and loads of people through this process and just getting them sent up to, to go and work in the mines. And just in terms of the people that I worked with, everyone was so friendly, everyone. It was just a real kind of family atmosphere in the office. So it was really, yeah. really good. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I traveled around Australia for a little bit and I had a job lined up in Sydney with people who I had worked with in London. And so I stayed working in Sydney for about a year and a half. And then on my way home from Sydney, I traveled around America and South America over the course of about a year wow. uh, and then landed back in Dublin in 2013 and I took up a job similar so we kind of um, market research again yes, in the yeah. FMCG industry fast moving consumer goods and uh, yeah I did that for four and a half years when I came home and um, yeah left in March of last year and then I set up my own business in March of this year uh, empowerment yeah. coaching yeah brilliant mm. So uh, literally around the world, there's there's nowhere you haven't hit <laughs> at this stage. Well, there are a couple of places I haven't been and a couple of places that I still would love to go to. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and they're all part of your future goals. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So empowerment coaching, now you help other people uh, find their way in work. Yeah. You're using your recruitment, you're using your marketing, you're using that data analysis. Yeah. All those kind of things. So you've been across a few different industries, the recruitment industry and, the, and, and marketing and... I kind of think data analysis is a bit different as well. Do you know what I mean? To, yeah. To the marketing. Let's get stuck into the bosses you've had. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's why we're here. Well, I think 
It's funny because all of the experience I have to date has brought me to where I am. So I kind of didn't really tie it together in, in that way. But when I worked in Sydney, um, it's just something occurred to me. I wasn't having a great time in work and something occurred to me. I was like, I feel that these are the kind of questions that sh- they should be asking of the employees, but the HR weren't yeah. really asking those questions. And so I started doing this research myself and understanding like, how can I be how can I enjoy work? Like what's going wrong here? Trying to understand more about myself. Yeah. And that really planted the seed of like, well, where, you know, where are we going with all of this? And then the same thing in my job in Dublin, where it was kind of up and down for the, over the course of four and a half years, I really wanted to understand myself and how people interact in the workplace. Um, and I forgot to mention as well. So I started a master's in uh, September of last year, um, in organizational behavior. So that's an area I'm really, really interested in. And that's sort yeah. of tying everything together as well. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, so the bosses I've had over the years. <laughs> You're getting to analyze them now as part of your master's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with the uh, the less positive experiences. Okay. You've, you've had a few days to think about this now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so no names no as, names as per our solicitors no <laughs> yeah, <laughs> instructions yeah. <laughs> but tell tell us about uh, the the first bad boss experience that that you'd like to talk about the first bad boss was one of my first jobs that i had and it was working in a startup company and i was effectively doing advertising sales for a magazine that no one had ever heard of right um <laughs> And I was managing the whole of Ireland. So the whole of Ireland being the, the kind of big cities. So yeah. Dublin, uh, Galway, Cork and Limerick. And I was traveling to those places and I was knocking door to door and right. talking to people about a magazine that didn't have any circulation and didn't have any. Right. Yeah. So it was uh, an interesting job to say the least. But I think th- the experience I had at that time was being compared to other people who had much more experience than I'd had. Right. Um, so, you know, I was relatively fresh out of college at that stage. I had a little bit of experience of doing similar role, um, maybe over the course of a summer or something like that. But really, it was, um, yeah, Mike is doing 10K per week why aren't you doing 10k per week kind of thing and I was like thinking to myself well maybe because Mike has about five or seven years more experience than I do yeah but I couldn't really express myself I just felt like oh I'm not good enough and you know what's wrong with me that I can't do that and it it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy when situations like that happen I think like it doesn't um it doesn't endear you to want to work for a boss who's going to constantly compare you to other people I think yeah but you were having a hard time articulating that at the time you were kind of going well I'm not sure I'm happy here but I don't know why it is but that's on reflection that's why you were being compared to somebody who had much more experience exactly yeah and I I suppose I I didn't really know any better I was like I say still relatively new to the world of work I didn't know that I'm not supposed to be compared to other people especially people who have tons more experience than i do yes you know? yeah so so they didn't nurture you they just set the standard and said why aren't you there yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah this is what we need to get for the year although um you know i think that that 
target was probably plucked out of their arse, yeah, <laughs> so to yeah. speak, you know, to yeah. use the technical term again. Um, I don't know where the target came from. I think they just picked a target and said, right, right you go and, and do that. Whether it was realistic or not is, you know, upon yeah. reflection is, is another story. Yeah. So unfair comparisons. Yeah. Unclear targets. Well, the target was clear, but where it came from, uh, you know, was it actually... for targets. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, or whether it's actually an achievable target yes at all yeah. you know okay so that goes back to the smart yes specific measurable attainable realistic yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, so it's not realistic yeah. potentially. okay so, and, the, and and so the boss themselves were i mean it wasn't their behavior it was literally this just this comparison yeah. that made them a bad boss at yeah that time. i yeah. think so yeah 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 because sometimes when i talk to people in the the, the good boss bad boss podcast it can be about manager behavior but this was actually just about manager expectations Manage your expectations and communication, I think, as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And like how it was verbalized to me and and um yeah. It's never nice being compared to other people. And and what was the outcome of that? Did you did you move on because of that in, in um, the end? The boss was kind of like a part time boss, let's say. Right. And she she started something else so she wasn't my boss anymore so i was being managed from the uk then after that so that was that was right. kind of her gone basically yeah um, so that, that was it the boss moved so because that can be the outcome sometimes things can get better because people move on <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and that's unfortunately the outcome yeah yeah, yeah. so tell us about uh, uh, another experience because i know you said you had about oh, three <laughs> yeah i think and when the sorry tale is that I do have more bad boss experiences than I have good yeah. boss experiences. I do have some good boss experiences to share as well, but I do have more bad bosses than good bosses. Yeah. You know, when I look back. Um, but the second one really is um, another time when a boss I had really, he was managing 11 people at the time and I think he didn't really know what I did. And right. he made some let's say that's some promises so okay so I really really wanted to get promoted that was what I the ultimate end goal was and I think I was in that type of environment we spoke about when I was in um Dublin and I wasn't you know thinking about getting paid more and getting promoted wasn't really on my agenda but when I lived in London that became very much the thing I think maybe the culture of the environment I was in was you go forward for promotion and you get promoted and you get paid more so I was really keen to get promoted And I sat down with my boss and we came up with some very specific things that I needed to do over the course of three months that I was going to do. And we sat down, I think we were at maybe two months and we sat down and he said, oh, no, I don't think you're there yet. Like you still have lots of things to do. And I said, like what? And he said, oh, I would need to check the job description. Oh, and I just thought this guy hasn't got a clue. And he goes, oh, it's just the little things. I'm like, okay, can you provide an example? And he couldn't provide an example of what it was I needed to do to get promoted. So, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm trying to think of where he was coming from because, you know, I guess me being promoted wasn't really high on his agenda, but it was very high. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a tough one to combat when you're an employee. Kind of, well, I, I can't really work with the feeling. Yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah it's just little things that you need to change okay can you be specific oh i would need to check the job description okay so yeah that that really didn't wash well with me at all especially because yeah. we'd had this discussion so for me this big thing is come. you know in three months time i'm hoping to get promoted 
and then two months in you know two months after that discussion um no you're not on track but I can't really explain why and yeah this is a bugbear of mine actually um when when managers or leaders are planning out their week they say well I'm gonna have my one-to-one with Aoife I'll put aside 30 minutes for it and they literally have 30 minutes where they sit down at the start of the 30 minutes and finish at the end of 30 minutes face to face with you they have done no prep yeah that is I think that's a mortal sin it shows total disrespect to the employee yeah you need to prepare you need to prepare before you go in so that when you say well what are the little things that I can tell you well here's a few examples exactly exactly yeah Yeah, that really Mm. bugs me actually now that I think of it yeah Uh, why am I getting angry (laughs) this isn't even my career Um, but it does bug me actually you know you have to it's it's a sign of disrespect if you don't prepare yeah so don't just book in a half an hour book in an hour and spend a half an hour preparing yeah yeah you know don't don't just book in the half an hour or think about like this is what we're here to discuss Yes. You know, yeah. very specifically, Aoife wants to know how she can progress to the next level. Yes. So how can I help her to progress to the next level? But I think genuinely, like he had a, a lot of stuff to do in that he was managing a team of 11 people and I was fairly self-sufficient and managing my own yeah. side of the business myself. Um, and he didn't tend to get involved in what I was doing. And I think maybe to my own detriment, I didn't really tell him much about what I was doing either i just let him manage his side of the business um yeah so like i and there's another thing that sometimes comes up is so you were a little island working away yourself but you weren't making any noise negative yeah you weren't making any negative noise and and sometimes uh no noise means you you get forgotten about yeah and therefore he didn't have anything to kind of go on so whereas somebody who's maybe part of the other 10 people that were on the team they would be getting more of his attention, even if it was negative. Yeah, yeah. Even if it was negative. Mm. So, yeah, I think leaders, again, that's a, there's some great things coming out of this is that <laughs> they need to pay attention to all their staff. Yeah. And just because somebody's not making any noise doesn't mean they don't want your attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean they don't want your attention. So yeah. that's really good, actually. Yeah, and so third example. Well, I was going to say the the outcome of Oh, what sorry, yeah, the outcome there, what happened there, yeah. Actually was... um his boss could see the great work that I was doing. And, you know, she was like, you seem to know more about what's going on than he does. Right. And she came forward with an offer of like a potential offer for promotion. So I I ended up getting promoted, but she wanted to keep me. Not by him, though. Well, he was my boss, but he didn't. Yeah, he, he wasn't the one that He wasn't the, the one who, yeah. who kind of gave the say. It wasn't his thing to say anyway. So, yeah. um his boss wanted to keep me on and uh, within mm. that team and I had the option to stay working in that team reporting directly to her but working alongside him or moving to a new team yes yeah and I opted to move to the new team because I just thought I can't work alongside him wow yeah okay yeah. so he pushed a, he pushed a good employee away definitely somebody, somebody, yeah you know and I say good employee because you were earmarked for promotion so you must have been good at what yeah, you were doing yeah. but he pushed you away from him yeah and yeah, that's that's yeah. that's not a good outcome for him. Yeah, good outcome for you. I mean, it all worked out for you. But exactly. Not for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then sorry, the the third example then was yeah. uh, when I lived when I lived in Sydney, and this was you know I had a lot of promises. Again, coming back to this whole idea of promotion, I like clearly I'm yeah. like you know I want to 
to progress in my career. It's I okay want to, get to have better. ambition. There's yeah, no, there's no, no I'm so, hassle well, that's that. it. I'm yeah. so, I'm so, so ambitious. Um, so I was told on four separate occasions because I found a, a, a notebook recently that, where I'd written down all of this stuff that I've been told on four separate occasions that I was going to be promoted and I got to choose which kind of director I was going to be, whether I would manage a team or a big client or, mm. you know, I was like fantastic. And then I found in that same notebook that it was actually in the contract that they said, we, we expect you to be promoted to director level within six months. So I wonder now, like, would I have had a chance of going back and saying, well, actually, it says in my contract yeah, yeah. that you expect to promote me. But anyway, so they made all of these promises and um, it never materialized. I don't know how else no. to explain it, but... Uh, what happened was I was pulled into a room and I was told, right, this is what we are going to do with your accounts, mm. with your clients that you've been managing. And I thought, well, this is strange because yeah. they're my accounts. I've been managing them. Like, what's all this we business? And the guy looked at me and said, I'm your new boss. Oof. And I thought, wow. So he got that promotion that I was being promised and he had been a friend and... Yeah, I was really, really shocked about this. Brutal community. So hang on a second. You shared a boss. We shared a boss before this. And that boss didn't tell you. You got told by your new boss, by your new boss, who was your peer up until the point that they said, I'm your boss. Yes. And that was how you found out. That was how I found out. Yeah. So that's uh, brutal. Yeah. How, d- how did you feel at that oh, moment? Oh, I did not feel good. There, Yeah. I'm not one to cry in the office and I'm certainly not one to cry in front of other people, but there were a few tears over the duration of a few months, you know, just yeah. locking myself in a, away in a room and just having a good old cry in one of, yeah. one of the rooms by myself because... How did you react in that moment in front of, as I say, a peer? God, somebody, that's, that's, somebody who, well, you know... That's a great question. Um, and I actually don't remember... I must have been just really shocked. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember what I said. I know I certainly like had a discussion with the guy who had been promising me yeah. this promotion, who was, he was the director of client service. And he said, oh, actually, this guy is not really your boss. He's just like, that's just kind of for paper. You know, you can go to the other guy if you want mentoring. And I was like, mm, that's just... So it started getting... Oh, so they said... Oh, oh, no, 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 just, no. He, he's, he's, just, he's just a boss technically. And, yeah. and, you know, you're real leaders over here yeah. behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. So that's not, uh, yeah. That, the well, the actually, magical world of Oz. <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't really set him up either. No, because it absolutely didn't. Because that undermined him. No, it didn't. And, you know, I really didn't make his life easy either. You know, I... <laughs> <laughs> that's honesty there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I really didn't. In what didn't. way? Um, Do you mind me asking? I just think I was much? a total um, bad person, let's say. I just didn't make his life easy. You didn't I hide moldy sandwiches in his desk or No, anything. I didn't do things <laughs> like that. No, not at all. I just, I suppose I gave a bit of back chat and, and that right. sort of thing. And, Got a um, bit of a tood, a bit of an attitude. Yeah, definitely had a tood, definitely had a tood. Um, and yeah, I just, God, I'm going back to that place in my mind now it's really strange but um he yeah he and oh then he would start calling these meetings with my with him and his boss and yeah like it was just all very official or something and it was like oh this needs to stop rather than just having a conversation with me on my own yeah like it was his first time managing people whereas 
I had had that that leadership training that you're talking about I had had that in London yeah and it was fantastic before I was even a manager I had all of that training so I sort of felt equipped that if I had become a manager I would be okay at doing it but he hadn't had any sort of training whatsoever and he was really struggling and I wasn't making his life any easier yeah, but you like it's really interesting because you were a, a highly motivated, ambitious employee. Yeah, expecting yeah to do well, but but how they handled it, you became a cynic. Oh yeah, you became you became a not quite maybe what they they, they called the internal terrorist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably you know, and definitely remember moaning about him to other people and yeah. anyone who would listen really like and oh this is so terrible what's happened to me and all of that kind of thing but I do remember as well and this this is the other thing so I'm a big fan of autonomy so having responsibility for the for your own work and how you do it and especially in a client service role it's up to you to manage clients but what happened was they would take on additional work have a look at my diary and say oh it looks like you have loads of free time it looks like you don't actually have any work on so we're gonna just land you with all of this additional work where which made meant that I was working long hours ever you know people were leaving on time and I was working these long hours because of promises that someone else had made on my behalf yes yeah, yeah. so the communication broke down your relationship with the 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 peer now boss yeah and the previous boss kind of broke down a bit yeah definitely yeah all because of how they communicated yeah that. if they had communicated it better if you if you're honest with yourself would you have taken it better or or would you still have felt quite cynical about it i would have still been really annoyed especially because of all the promises that they made um and the discussions that we had had and i'm still curious as to why he got promoted if i'm perfectly honest like was like did he threaten to leave because i was under let's say the the golden handcuffs if you like because i was being sponsored by them okay and yeah. if i were to leave i would have had to find sponsorship from some other company yes yeah um and i do wonder genuinely like why was he promoted now if they had handled it better and explained to me why he was promoted and what my potential career path was or what my opportunities were or have a, a frank and an authentic and a you know, a vulnerable conversation with me, then yeah. things may have ended up differently because I really did like the work that I did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I really liked the colleagues that I worked with. It was really just the leadership that I didn't, yeah. you know, and I, and I took a lot of things personally when I, when I reflect on it now, you know, there'd be like a manager's meeting happening right beside my desk. Uh, it was away in a room, but I just was like, I was taking it all personally. Like if, if I yes, was a manager, yeah. I'd be in that meeting. Why am I, you know? Yeah. Why are they having it right beside my desk? Yeah. They're just rubbing <laughs> it in my face. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a fascinating one because I mean, if it had been handled differently, there could have been a different outcome. And then I see on the other side, there might have been things going on that you didn't see as well. So I'm trying to be the devil's advocate here. It's like, what was that deal that they did with him? What was going on there? That they have to still keep his confidence, but also give you a rationale. And a, and I'm not too sure just off the cuff what what the optimum solution would be, but I think it would be to give you a plan, you know, and to say, well, no, here's what we have planned for you. Yeah. This is the way we see it going for you. That job there. Oh, no, that's that we see him doing that because he needs to grow like that. But this is how you're going to grow. Yeah. But they did. Did they do anything like that? 
No. And now that you say it, it was actually quite the opposite. It was more like a performance management. You know, when you feel like you're being managed out of the business, basically. Like, right. Here's a list of all of the things that you're doing wrong. And here's all of the things that we're going to do to make sure that you don't continue to do those things wrong, you know, and here's, oh, we're going to track your time. We're going to, you know, all of this, all of the opposite of what you should do right. to empower someone really. And it had been going fine up to that point. Well, I had the toot, obviously, and that, you yeah. know, that's no, didn't but it, really... it, before the, before the, hey, I'm your new boss. Oh, yeah. Before that, everything had been going great. Oh, Performance as, reviews have been fine. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, absolutely brilliant. I was on track to being promoted. I was doing a really great job. I was yeah. building great relationships with people internally and with the clients. I became, within a couple of months, um, I tend to get very up to speed very quickly with new technology. And within yeah. a couple of months, people were coming to me who had been in the business for a couple of years saying, right, can you yeah. help me with this problem? I'm trying to figure out how so to do... It became a useful resource yeah, for people Yeah, definitely. But I was in, let's say, a department within the business that wasn't really being capitalized on, that it wasn't... We weren't really tapping into that the resource of the department I worked in as much as we could have because it was very much focused on what was actually selling in the supermarkets rather than the yeah, people and yeah. the behavior around what was going on. Um, the people who were buying products in the supermarket. Yeah, it's that. That is a fascinating. You you should definitely write all of that one down because it's a fascinating little case study of yeah. how to switch somebody off. Yeah, straight away. And also, it's it's something that's not talked about a lot. A, a lot of companies have processes and procedures for promotion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the reason they have those processes and procedures is to prevent dispute in a lot of cases, especially yeah. when you have people competing. And yet, you know. St- things are still done despite the processes and procedures yeah kind of behind closed doors you know there's transparent procedures but but are they transparent and actually if you had great communication with your employees do you need the procedure in the first place if they all understand the path that they're traveling exactly yeah yeah it's a funny one because i mean i've seen it definitely where yeah there are these processes and procedures and certainly i've seen some instances where it's very much a meritocracy so you get promoted if you are if you deserve to be promoted basically and yeah. if there's a position available then you're the one who will get that and in companies I've worked for it's been open whether it's an internal you know an internal person applying or they they advertise the job externally as well but if you can imagine especially in a small country like Ireland if they gave a position that open position to someone external, it would kind of trickle down and cause ructions, I think, in the rest of the of the company because it's like, okay, so I'm doing all this hard work and I'm giving all this time and then they can just go ahead and employ yeah. someone at a more senior level from external rather than internally where it's, you know, I mean, I always say that companies are often operating on a pyramid scheme. You know, you've got one <laughs> CEO and you've got yeah. how many people working at executive yes, level. Yeah. You know, it's it's really hard to get to that that top level and becomes yeah. more and more difficult as time goes on. Absolutely, yeah. Fascinating. But let's go to the positive. Yeah, <laughs> the great uh, that, bosses. That, that's, no, it really is fascinating. But tell us about your good bosses. Yeah. And um, what made them so good? Yeah, um, I had a really great boss in London as well. So when I was in London, I had, I think, maybe five different bosses over the course of three and a half years. One of those bosses was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Um, I'm allowed to say her name as well. You can, I? yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so definitely. Her we, name we was Caroline. Caroline. And uh, she's from France. And she 
uh, is the person who first introduced me to coaching. So right. when she was managing me, I had a problem with someone who, so we worked closely with other agencies to deliver like a one solution to our clients. And I had a problem with the other girl I was working with from the other agency. And Caroline coached me through that issue. She didn't mm. say, this is what you need to do. Follow steps A, B, C. She probed and she asked me questions until I came up with my own solution. And I was just flabbergasted by that. Yeah. I was like, how did she do that? I don't understand. And I solved my own problem in that way. And that's, I mean, that just made all the difference to me. I just thought she was brilliant. Because you had ownership over the solution then. Yes, yeah. Um, and, and and as a leader, she had she had just coached you to that. Exactly. So she wasn't in your way. No. And she wasn't in your face. No, no, she no. Was just, she just asked a few choice questions yeah. and helped me to figure out the, own, the solution that would work best for me. Yeah. And it's, she sort of flipped the perspective as well and said, well, what would you think if you were her? Mm. You know, and... I suppose made me think about uncovering that other lady's um, persona and maybe that was a front that like she was putting on this front of being super confident and super in your face. But actually underneath that, she was maybe a little bit insecure. Yes, you know, yeah. so it, it made me think about things in a different way and it definitely helped me to build a better relationship, a better working relationship with that other girl. Great. Yeah. So it was, it was a good outcome. And, did, did you know, as a had Caroline trained as a coach or was this something that was natural to her style she had a business consulting background so kind right. of a management consulting and I don't know had she done any formalized coach training but perhaps she had done that in the job that she came from but yeah. it, I mean she was just you could just see the difference with her yeah. compared to other people and she's she's one of the people who would have come in at quite a senior level into the business in London as well. And, and rightly so, like she was just yeah. phenomenal. I thought she was brilliant. Excellent stuff. And any other examples of great bosses? Yeah. So I, I mentioned about the company I worked with in Perth and it was very much a family type of atmosphere. And it was just like, it was, it, that just made all the difference. So when we had meetings, we kind of talked about personal stuff and we, we shared, it was a big push on safety, even for people who were working in the office, because it was like a mining, you know, environment. Even the people in the office talked about safety and and, and safety share, we called it, at the start of every meeting. Um, but I wanted to give out a shout. Safety share. Yeah. So like, you know, I saw someone crossing the road the other day um, when the, the man was red and they nearly got knocked over. So just a reminder to people to oh, wait right, till yeah. the man turns green before you cross the road and... Um, or I was, you know, I was using the stapler the other day and I nearly stapled my finger, you know, just little <laughs> things like that. Right. But it was just to keep safety front of mind because it's like we had um, work ID cards as well. And they were about like your perfect day. So your perfect day is your reason to stay safe. So okay. what is your perfect day? And so you had guys coming into the office saying, well, my perfect day is when I go fishing or my perfect day is what I spend with my family but your perfect day is a reason why you go to work and it's a reason why you stay safe at work as well is so you can enjoy your perfect day and this was because of the mining background you know that obviously it's a dangerous place exactly to, to work. so this yeah is, they were putting that into the culture yeah exactly even, even in meetings everyone had that yeah. perspective around safety 
and yeah. safety is serving your perfect day yeah the rest of your life yeah the, 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 stay the safe so you can enjoy your your perfect day effectively Very good. but um it was craig hunter he was the leader the hr leader um yeah. so i worked in the recruitment team and he worked as the hr leader and he would invite us over to his house him and his wife annie and we would enjoy delicious food and wine and it was just that whole kind of family atmosphere where you feel really included in the workplace and it was just such a nice and open environment to work in yeah that's amazing yeah he kind of in everything he did he obviously kind of promoted that positive culture yeah yeah that's that's what he was going for and it just made a huge difference and to this day even though it's not an area that i had any experience in to this day it's still one of my favorite jobs ever Yes, I yeah. just loved, even though it was know, a bit of a flyer yeah, in terms of your yeah, career trajectory. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, I had this six months um, working holiday visa in, in yeah. Australia. I took this opportunity purely by chance and it worked out really, really well. I Excellent. made some great friends out of it that I'm still in touch with now. And recently reconnected with Craig actually on Facebook. So um, I'll definitely have You'll to definitely have to send him this. I Hello, Craig. Will. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, th- that, that, that's brilliant. I really like that idea that, you know, even in the meetings that reinforcing the culture, you know, because uh, a lot of people will go, but how do we talk? About, how do we inject safety into a meeting? Exactly. Yeah. Nice yeah. So we just moment. talk about, yeah, yeah, like any experience that you've had on of it in the past week or, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Really yeah. good stuff. And any other good bosses or will we move on to our lessons learned? <laughs> we, yeah, no, I think that we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So reflecting back on, on we've, we've had three examples of bad bosses and yeah. we've had th- those couple of examples of good bosses. And it, it's interesting, We t- you know, you talk about having more bad bosses. We talked more about the bad bosses than we did the good ones, <laughs> but but it's quite clear what the good ones were doing. Yeah. You know, so we, w- we talked about the, the clear expectations you know, setting clear expectations and nurturing people who are new to the world of work, not just new to your business, but yeah. new to the world of work. Um, be careful about comparisons of, you know, because seven years experience, you know, means a different expectation yeah, should be set. Definitely. And um, we talked about uh, promotions done properly <laughs> uh, versus <laughs> promotions that will switch people off. Yeah. And I, I think what I took out of it is that actually there are crucial moments in companies. Mm. And promotions and how you handle promotion is a crucial moment. Yeah. You know, that that's the thing. You have to be yeah. careful about that. And then on the flip side, on the good boss uh, side, you know, one that I'd be biased to, but the coach boss. Yeah. Somebody who's really going to um, bring you along, ask you those probing questions. And uh, a boss that reinforces the positive culture. Yeah. As well. The, the, you know, the company culture, uh, a, a positive company culture yeah. reinforcing that. Yeah. And so really like a family atmosphere. Yeah. You know. People want to feel safe. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, not to, the not 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 in relation to the actual <laughs> physical safety, yeah. but in their work, they want the to feel safe. The psychological safety. And that's what Craig had yeah. done for you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Excellent. Yeah. So reflecting back on those five examples, what would you take out of it now? What lessons would you say are Yeah, are it's funny. Um, I, I sort of feel that everything I've experienced in my life has brought me to where I am today. So that experience in Sydney planted the seed of me wanting to explore more about how people work together in the workplace and how to be happier at work because, uh, you know, I was miserable after that experience, but I didn't have to be. How do I, as an individual, make a better choice for myself? And how do I help companies to promote a positive people culture and really to hire the best people for their business? You know, so maybe... 
upon reflection, I wouldn't have chosen that company to work for if I'd known more about it. Maybe they wouldn't have chosen me to work there um, because yeah. I wouldn't have been a good fit within that organization. Um, so really, that's, you know, the, the big learnings for me is that it's kind of steering me towards where I am meant to be. And the things that really bother me are the things that I want to try and fix and find solutions for. Yes, yeah. Um, really, going back to what you said, it is that like, don't don't compare people to other people ever. You know, yeah. you can't compare apples with oranges. People have their different strengths and it's about highlighting what those what you what are you actually doing well like you know telling your employees what are they actually bringing to the business what what difference are they making mm. um you know and then let me think then london is about yeah really get clear on what are the criteria for that promotion and who ultimately makes the decision because at the time my boss wasn't making that decision at all right yeah. um you know so who is it that i needed to speak to in order to to get that promotion and then the other one yeah it was really around the communication piece and like how yeah. communication happens and managing expectations and like, like very very fair point you made Stephen about like well from his perspective like what what did his path look like if I had been the yeah. one to be promoted and that's not something I think I ever considered um but I don't know what conversations he was having with them no I never had that conversation with him like you know what was what what was it that led him to to get that promotion uh, and definitely something I'd like to explore more especially because I found that notebook with all these yeah. you know like really kind of your diary emotive, <laughs> yes. uh, responses yeah it was like a diary it was yeah. like a diary um but that's really yeah like don't make promises that you can't deliver on because that's really like yeah. if they had never said to me you're going to be promoted but it was said multiple times so it was in the contract itself it was um multiple conversations that i had you know and oh Aoife you get to choose what kind of director you want yeah. to be what kind of director do you want to be i'm like wow you know this is amazing i'm doing so well for myself and um and then for it to be communicated in that way and then um yeah the kind of the whole approach of oh, well he's not really your boss he's your boss on paper but really he's not you know yeah. if you want to get mentors Just undermined then, everybody yeah it undermined him it kind of it gave you it ambiguity did, yeah. Gave, yeah just kind yeah. of it, it set it up for conflict really. yeah set it up for and conflict. um i never said what the outcome of that was actually but the ultimate outcome was and it was a tough decision to make because i was looking for another job at the time but i wouldn't need to have been sponsored in order yes, to stay in yeah. australia and after a year and a half in sydney i decided to leave and right, yeah. that was that was what prompted me to leave really wow yeah so uh the the, the lessons are are, are uh, face front in in relation to that one yeah it's it's been fascinating talking to you i re really enjoyed it Aoife where can people find more about you so uh they can find me on my website which is empowermentcoaching.ie i'm also on facebook and instagram on empowermentcoaching.ie i'm on twitter on empowerment underscore ie and I mentioned that I have a YouTube channel as well, which um, is user slash Aoife OB1. And as you mentioned at the start, I also have a podcast called Happier at Work, which you'll find on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yes, I'm going to be listening to that today. It's just released at the weekend. So yeah. uh, looking forward to that. Um, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on. And I'm sure this won't be the last time we'll talk. So uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you, Aoife. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Stephen. So that was episode eight. Fair juice to Aoife for being so honest about those good boss, bad boss experiences. 
some lessons to be learned about how to do promotions in a way that doesn't switch people off. Please give her podcast, Happier at Work, a listen too. But thank you for your precious time. I really do appreciate that there are a multitude of podcasts out there. And when you listen to us, you are giving us a gift. Please keep sharing this content with all your friends and colleagues. And as usual, if you have a guest you'd like to hear from, or you have some comment on this show, please drop me a mail at stephen at stephennaughton.com. You can find more from me at www.stephennaughton.com and I'll be back next month with another Good Boss, Bad Boss guest. Until then, goodbye.